0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Father, we just thank you right now for the privilege to break bread together. This word is spirit. Your words are spirit and they are life. I pray that you allow me to teach with the same nature. The same spirit of your word that it'll produce life tonight. And I pray over every student of the word tonight that our spirits just will be attentive and hungry. Break up fallow ground to receive holy seed tonight. And I declare to bring forth a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 22 and 1. And it came to pass. After these things that God did, tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. Somebody shout, Moriah. Underline it, highlight it in your phone, whatever. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains. Somebody shout one of the mountains. Go into the land of Moriah and offer your son as a burnt offering On one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Can I just stop right here? I can't run past this. Amen. That progressive obedience produces progressive revelation. He said, go to the land of Moriah. And he said, once you get to obeying this word, I'm going to open up another word to you. A lot of times we don't get to step into progressive revelation because there's not immediate obedience of the word we just received. That's a word that needs to be taught, but I ain't got time. Amen. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Somebody say, get up early. early. And he saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and, and clave or split the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and what? We were going to go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, here's the fire, here's the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. For a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. He laid the wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Lindsay, that reminds me of your last message. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him for, huh? Huh? For now I know that you fear God. Seeing, somebody shout seeing. Every word is going to be so important. Now I know you fear me, seeing with my own eyes that thou hast not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place. Huh? Jehovah-Jireh. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord. Underline that. He called that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it is said to this day, of this writing of this uh, script, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Catch that? In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, because you have done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I'm going to bless you. In multiplying, I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Okay, stay. uh, just stay there for a minute. We're going to break some stuff down to establish something that is so important. He told him to go into the land of what? Moriah. Moriah. Moriah means, come on now, I need you to work with me, write some stuff down. We're going we're to dive into the Hebrew language. The word Moriah means chosen by Jehovah. I want you to go into the land of Moriah, a place that I have chosen, okay? Chosen by Jehovah. But it comes from a root word which means sight or vision. I love the Hebrew language. And if you only get one, uh, you know, just the English translation robs us of everything that I have dissected. And I'm going to give it to you tonight. You ready to receive it? He said, I need you to go into the land of Moriah, chosen by Jehovah. It comes from the root word, which means sight or vision. So in essence, Abraham was told to go to the land of clear vision. All right, we're going to work this, amen. I need you to go to the land of clear vision and offer the supreme sacrifice, which is your son, okay? Now, this is the place God chose as the place of sacrifice, the land, the chosen place of God, the land of vision, the land of revelation, amen, and just food for thought that I think is awesome, Moriah is located right now inside the city walls of the modern day Jerusalem. And it is a part of the historic site of the Temple Mount. Are you following me? Now let's uh, just stay with me. I'll try to bring all this together. Amen. It's Moriah is where David chose to build God's house. Mount Moriah. The very mountain of sacrifice that Abraham was going to offer his son on. It was on the Temple Mount where David said, or it was in Moriah that David said, I will not offer God anything that costs me nothing. Somebody shout sacrifice. Okay? We're talking about the same mountain in Genesis. Somebody say it's a Genesis principle. <laughs> it's Genesis principle. Uh, so David, uh, the, uh, Abraham was going to Isaac. Uh, Sacrifices his son there. David ended up choosing that mountain to build the house of the Lord in. Second Chronicles, write it down, 3 and 1. This is where Solomon built the house of the Lord. And here's another awesome thing. It's the exact same area Christ was crucified. Are you following this thing? It's a Genesis principle. It's the same mountain, Mount Moriah, where he said, it's the place I have chosen. It's the land of vision and revelation. I want you to sacrifice your son. David chose the same mountain to build the house of God. Solomon built the house of God on there. And then Jesus was crucified on that mountain. Remember, God called it the land of clear vision. It was on this mountain that the eyes of the entire world were opened up to clearly see that Christ would be the Savior of the world or is the Savior of the world. Are you listening to me? So the temple, the dwelling place, you might want to write this down. We're establishing a Genesis principle that the temple, the dwelling place of God will always be built at the place of sacrifice. Somebody shout us a Genesis principle. The house of God, the one you're living in, God's dwelling place, amen, is always built in the place of sacrifice. Now listen, this is, uh, we read it together. He said, stay here because me and the lad is going to worship. Now this is the very first instance in the Bible that worship is mentioned. Okay. Well, if you're studying the Bible, you got to understand the law of first mention. Have you ever heard of that? It's the law of first mention. If you've sat under my teaching very long, I've taught you. If it's not established in the book of Genesis, you probably can't build a doctrine on it. Everything. Yes, ma'am. Um, where did Calvary come from? Who? Calvary. Calvary. That's, that's a, another word, if I remember right, of Golgotha or hill of the skull. You know, that's what that means. It's where he was crucified. It's not actually location, it's, it's name and a place, Calvary. I'll look that up again. It's been years since I've looked up Calvary. But I think that's what it means. Same thing as Golgotha or hill of the skull where Jesus was crucified. Does that make sense? Not only him, others were crucified there. So it's a hill of killing, if you will, the hill of death, Right? Heel of sacrifice. It is is Moriah. Yes, ma'am. So we have worship here mentioned for the first time. And the law of first mention, uh, it says, uh, let me throw out a definition for the law of first mention. The law of first mention says to understand a particular word or doctrine We must find the first place in scripture that that word or doctrine is revealed and study the passage. Are you following me? It is usually in its clearest and simplest form. And then doctrines are the more fully developed on that foundation. So what am I saying? We got the law of first mention of what worship really looks like. So the law of first mention establishes the fact that true worship always involves an exalted place of sacrifice. I'm going to say that again. True worship, according to the law of first mention, always involves an elevated place of sacrifice. Absolutely. Something that's going to hurt. Something that's going to cost you something. And that's exactly what you just divined, Tammy. Okay, you still in Genesis 22? Look at 22 and 14. I just feel the Holy Ghost is going to do something in this Bible class. Are y'all ready to receive it? Look at 22, 14. And Abraham called the name of that place. What place? That place in Moriah. He called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is, I'm just reading the scripture, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now, I need you to pull your mind back just a little bit. You haven't been taught in error, you've been taught Jehovah Jireh means what? The Lord my provider. That's not wrong but it's, it's such a superficial meaning and I want to go a little deeper, okay? Uh, so let's stick with scripture and let's stick with the word. He said, he's going he, Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh and it said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So Jehovah-Jireh literally means in the Hebrew, Hebrew Jehovah will see. It means Jehovah will see. So Jehovah Jireh is Yahweh sees. Are you with me? Uh, here, here's something pretty cool. We're going to go deep, all right? It literally means Yahweh sees. However, the verb in the descriptive clause is pointed to a passive. Now, you may not understand all that jargon, but it means Yahweh appears, in other words, he's establishing something here that in the high place of sacrifice is the place where God always shows up. Jehovah Jireh. Are you with me? It's in the high place of sacrifice that God always shows up. So I want to requote Genesis twenty-two fourteen from a deeper Hebrew mindset. Don't look at your Bible; just look at me. It says. Literally, so Abraham called the name of the place Yahweh appears. Even to this day it is said on Yahweh's mountain there is vision. Are you catching all this? We're establishing a principle and in, in, uh, this is everything that Abraham is establishing and I'm just giving you the, the, the Hebrew meaning. I'm gonna quote it one more time. So Abraham called the name of the place Yahweh appears or God always shows up. You would go on to say God always provides. Okay, but I'm taking it a little deeper. Even into this day, it is said on Yahweh's mountain, there is vision. God built his house on Yahweh's mountain and where God's house is built, there's always vision. There's always revelation. Okay, let's go deeper. Are y'all still with me? Now I taught you all that to, to I taught you all that to show you that the dwelling place of God, the place where God has chosen to appear, the place he has chosen to see and to be seen and heard is the high place of sacrifice. Somebody shout sacrifice. Now go to 2 Chronicles and I'm going to prove that to you while you're looking for it. The place that God chose, the land of Moriah, which means chosen of God, the place of vision. The place that God has chosen to be seen and to see and to be heard is the high place of sacrifice. Are you in 2 Chronicles? Okay, now here Solomon is building the house of God on Mount Moriah. And Solomon finished the house of the Lord. Are y'all with me? And the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house he prosperously affected. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer. Somebody read it out loud now. I have heard your prayer and chosen what? This place to myself for a house of what? Sacrifice. Therefore, verse 13, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. I bet you can quote this scripture. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. But don't stop. Look at the next verse. Now my eyes shall be open, and my ears attend to the prayer that is what? What place? The place of sacrifice. The house on Mount Moriah, Right? That place that God chose, the place of supreme sacrifice where a man was required to give the closest thing to his heart. Until Tammy said, he was required to give until it hurt. All right, we're going to go deeper. My eyes shall be open. My ears shall be attentive. to prayer that is made in this place. In other words, there's lots of prayers that God never hears. There's a lot of prayer he never sees. There's a lot of prayer, amen. He said, it's only a prayer that is prayed from a high, exalted place of a sacrificial life. No wonder the Bible says, amen, if I uh, 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 hold iniquity in my hands or heart, God will not hear my prayer. Amen. I'm going to teach you how amen, to hear from God like you've never heard from God before and to see him in his person like you have never seen him before. 16 says, now that I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. Here it is. I love this. And my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Isn't that amazing? God said this house this a house of sacrifice. And I'm been to prove to you and show you where well, that's not talking about religious obligational duty because sacrifice is the only barometer for true love. So he's really saying I'm building my house on love. God was saying my house, my dwelling place, the place I have chosen and sanctified that my name, my eyes, my heart shall be there perpetually. It's an exalted place of sacrifice. Why? 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 Why sacrifice? Because sacrifice is the only true measure of value. You better write that down. I don't care what we say. How we respond, you can say anything, Fluky. Can, I can tell you anything of how important you are to me, me and how much I love you. I can say anything to God, but you, you mark this down as a word of wisdom. Sacrifice is the only true measure of value. And you only put value on what you love and what you honor. He said, this house will be built on love that expresses itself with sacrifice. I can true, I can prove to you it's the only measure of sacrifice. Greater love hath no man than this than to. Greater love hath no man than this to sacrifice his will for somebody else. Greater love hath no man than this to sacrifice his schedule for God. Y'all got quiet on me tonight. I know it's teaching, but you can say amen. Huh? So Abraham named Mount Moriah Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord sees. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God's looking for some stuff too. Huh? Yeah. You think you're looking for God? Well, God's, oh my God, help me, Lord. In other words... Jehovah Jireh means the Lord is looking, the Lord is watching, the Lord sees. Because didn't he say, now I know. I was standing here watching and I seen what you were willing to sacrifice. Now there's no doubt in my mind how much you love me. He said, my whole house is built on this principle. It's built on sacrifice. It's not how high you can jump or mu- how much you can dance. It's not how pretty you can sing. It's not, that's not what worship is. Worship, there's always blood in worship. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm going. To, I'm going to, this stuff's stirring me up if you ain't catching it. Are you catching it? They will always be blood in sacrifice. Tammy said, it's going to hurt. Amen. In, in true worship, it's always going to cost you something. So God, uh, Abraham named this place Jehovah Jireh, the uh, Yahweh Sees. In other words, God set up this whole scenario. He set this whole scenario up because he was looking for something. Did you hear what I just said? He set up the whole scenario because he was looking for something. Somebody say, God see. He was watching this situation. I wonder how many scenarios God has set up in our lives and put us in a position to where we could have created the house of God through sacrifice and the Lord would have shown himself. But because we didn't put the proper value on the devotion, the proper value on the prayer time, the proper value on the worship, God said, I set up this scenario to see if I was value enough for you and you put the knife in your pocket (laughs) instead of raising it. Is anybody in this class with me tonight? He set it up because he was looking for something. What was he looking for? He was looking for sacrifice, which is the only true measure of love. It's the only true measure of honor. And when Abraham initiated initiated the sacrifice, God stopped him and said what? This is the most mind-blowing statement in all the Bible to me. I can't understand it. I have never asked anybody that was smarter than me who could explain it to me. So I'm just gonna have to preach it like it is. I don't know why an omniscient, all-knowing God said this, but he said, uh, uh, he said, now... I know. Did he say it? Huh? And now because of what God's seen, he opened up Abraham's eyes. God stopped him and says, now I know. Now I've seen. I was sitting here observing. I was just giving you an opportunity to put me first. I don't know if y'all catching it. I was giving you the opportunity to put me first because I got some provisions caught in a bush over here. I've got some stuff for you that I can't get to you till I can get you willing to sacrifice what I'm asking you for. And here's the thing about a sacrifice to God. God didn't want to take Isaac from him. Are you listening to me? He didn't want to take it from him. He just wanted Isaac to put it in his right perspective. There's a lot of things God don't want to take from us because it's not a bad thing, but he is wanting us to put it in his proper perspective as it relates to our devotion to Jesus Christ. Am I helping anybody yet? He said, now Jehovah sees, Yahweh sees. I was watching you to see how you were going to handle this situation. And he said, now based on your sacrifice, I don't have a problem measuring your love. Even God himself says, the only way I can measure your love is by your sacrificial lifestyle. By what you're willing to give up and put me first. And now, because of what God's seen, somebody say God sees. sees. He's opened Abraham's eyes to see the provisions that's been provided the whole time. Isn't it amazing? That ram was caught there when Abraham started he was already there. He was already caught. But Abraham could not see the divine provisions of God until he was willing to follow through in obedience to what God told him to do. And as soon as he obeyed, you got it, me. As soon as he obeyed, he said, Abraham. And it says, Abraham, behold. Oh, my God. There's a whole new realm of God provisions. Oh, my God. Are y'all catching this? Oh, my God. How many realms of provisions are we never getting to see because God ain't getting to see what God wants to see, which is me putting him first in my life? I feel like I'm talking to somebody tonight. If it's you, just wave at me. Here's who I feel like I'm talking to tonight. I (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to someone tonight who's hungry for greater vision. Is that you? I feel like I'm teaching. I felt it all day today. Amen. Uh, Lacey and Lindsay came in my office today and my hair was standing on ends, kind of like right now, you know. <laughs> it, it. All right, Tammy. Behave yourself. But I just knew I was going to teach somebody <coughs> who was hungry for greater insight, a deeper desire to hear from God. Anybody want to hear the voice of God? Anybody want to hear God say, Abraham, Abraham. Young man, what's your name? Huh? Daniel, amen. Daniel, do you in your prayer time wanna hear God say, Daniel, Daniel. Do you, do you, Jody, wanna hear God say, Jody, Jody, amen. Is anybody listening to me? Bull, bull, amen. That's, that's why I'm, <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay. I mean, this is where Abraham was, but he'd have never heard that call if he wouldn't have followed through in obedience and sacrificing some things God was asking him for. And you know what? It was the closest thing to Abraham's life. It was the dearest thing to his heart. And once again, God ain't trying to take anything away from you. He's trying to get you into a realm to hear your name. Lacey. He's trying to get you in a position to where another realm has opened up. And you say, oh my God, he has provided. He has provided what I need today. My God, let's go. Come on, sis. For you that's listening by tape, you can't hear her. She said, how many times has that happened to us and we don't recognize it? We don't know it. Amen. Are you listening to me? That God has actually brought us to the land of Moriah, a place of greater vision. <laughs> I believe he's brought Life Church to a place of greater vision. We're in the right land. We're just looking for the right mountain. We're in the right vicinity. We're just looking for the mountain that we can name it ourselves. Abraham named that place. I believe God's about to bring some of you into a place where you're going to give an identity to the level of land you're living in. Oh, whose word is that? Amen. That you're going to say, uh, 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 cherish, this is my land of Moriah. I call this Moriah. God has seen, and now my eyes have been opened. Hey, now now I'm going to make a statement to let the air out of you bloom, okay? Can I tell you, number one, it's not acceptable for you not to hear from God. It's not acceptable no more. Not at the level he's moving us in. It's not acceptable. I'm going to prove to you just to read some devotional to get your word from God or even hear some preacher. Amen. God is pulling hungry people into a place of sacrifice so that you can get revelation and name your own mountain. Amen. Instead of naming it after somebody else's revelation. Listen to me. Can I tell you what's robbing us of seeing and hearing on the level God designed us to? In a corner phrase, write it down. It's what I call convenient devotion. Yeah. Write it down. This is what's robbing us of hearing from God like we want to hear, from seeing God like we, excuse me, like we want to see. It's because of convenient devotion. Can somebody just say amen? I'm not the only stinking one in this building, amen, that we fall into convenient devotion. Let me give you a definition. Settle down. Let me give you a definition for convenient: fitting into a person's activities and plans. Ah, uh, what convenient is fitting into a person's activities and plans. Number two, involving little trouble or effort. Uh huh. Wow. Ouch. Convenient is uh, involving little trouble or effort. S- Number three, situated so as to allow easy access. Huh? Does somebody else do all your devotionals for you? Do, do, do you spend your time? And I'm not preaching against devotionals, I'm just telling you. That's somebody else's mountain. That's their revelation. Amen. And and we're so lazy and we are so stuck in devotional convenience that I'll just get a little nugget from it. Don't stop your devotionals. Don't get me wrong. I'm teaching somebody who wants to go further. Amen. And say, you know what? I want to sacrifice the time to get my revelation. I want to sacrifice the time to hear God call my name. Amen. Thank God for me who went to the mountain but God's calling you to the mountain of sacrifice to raise the knife over your silly schedules I'm sorry I shouldn't have said it like that over our schedules and then you get to hear from God and then you get to change the name of that place huh? Oh my God. Oh my God. Drive by prayer. You'll just kill anything with that kind of prayer. Amen. Hey, here's the last definition for convenient occurring in a place or at a time that is conducive. Can I help you right now? According to this Genesis principle, God does not dwell in, he does not see into, nor does he speak into, nor does he grant revelation in our place of convenience. Did y'all catch all of that? He said, it's a Genesis principle. My house is built on the mountain of sacrifice. There's always blood on that mountain. Something's always dying on that mountain. Let me tell you, prayer's a bloody thing. Can Can I tell you, you'll never give birth to anything that don't have blood on it. I said we will never give birth. Whoo, I can't help myself tonight. Amen. He said, according to the Genesis principle, you'll not, God don't look into the realm of convenience. He don't hear His heart's not in the place of convenience. Amen. No wonder Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. Write it down. Then, then, uh, write it down, listen to me. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hear you, and you shall seek me and find me when when you search for me with all of your heart. Amen. A half-hearted search is gonna leave you frustrated of where's God? the search. I can prove to you tonight that convenient devotion does not move God. Write these scriptures down. Don't turn there. Luke 21, 1 through 4. Luke 21, 1 through 4. Luke 21, 1 through 4. I'm going to prove to you that convenient devotion does not move God. Listen to me. All right, now look back up at me. (laughs) Jesus sitting in church watching them take up an offering. And he looked up and he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in two mites. And he said of a truth, I say to you, that this poor widow has cast in more than they all. For all of these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God. But she of her penury has cast in all the living she had. He said, yes, they were involved in the same activity. They were involved in religious activity. They were at church. They were engaged, and it looked good externally. But Jesus knew knew their giving was out of their convenience. There was no sacrifice in it at all. They were just giving out of their convenience. Her, Her penny had blood on it. No wonder David made this statement right down 2 Samuel 24, 24. My God, stop that clock back there. You held the sun for Joshua. Hold the moon for me tonight. Amen. Right down 2 Samuel 24, 24. David had, had done what he wasn't supposed to do. He took a census when he wasn't supposed to. It was pride in his life. And as a result, God caused a plague to go across all oh, thousands and thousands were dropping dead because David disobeyed God. He told him, you go Go to that mountain. Where? Mount Moriah. (laughs) Go to that mountain. Amen. That mountain of sacrifice. And you offer up a sacrifice. He went up there and Onan owned the threshing floor. He owned the oxen. He owned it all. Plagues killing everything. David said, I come to offer a sacrifice. And Onan said, yes, please do. Here's your oxen. Here's the threshing floor. I'll give it all to you. David said, ha Uh, uh, I know the Genesis principle, and I will not offer to God anything that don't have blood on it. I will not offer to God anything that costs me nothing. Amen. How much of our devotion is at our own convenience, and it don't cost us anything? Are y'all ready for this word tonight? I'll pray when I get time or I'll pray if I get time. My worship is at my own convenience if I feel like it. Is anybody in this place? Amen. By God. And David said, I ain't offering God nothing that won't cost me nothing. Amen. Whoa, this is too much tonight. Uh, sacrifice. Write this down. The word sacrifice literally in an English uh, uh, definition would be to make sacred. To sacrifice means to make sacred. A lot of times our prayer time's not sacred at all because it was leftovers. Oh, I wish somebody would say something. Yeah. Am I the only one in this building? And God is saying, you want me to see? You want me to hear? You want my heart to be in that place? He said, I don't dwell in a church who who has devotional convenience. Uh, Amen. I don't dwell in a temple. My eye's not there. My heart's not there. I only put my heart when you give me your heart. Isn't that something? Oh God, this is changing my life and my prayer time. Now I used to feel bad when I didn't feel like praying. Now, since I got this revelation, I'd rather pray when I don't feel like praying because now that's inconvenient and there's blood on that prayer. Oh, somebody take that and and, and use it instead of letting the devil use it. When I don't want to study, I don't let the devil beat me up. I'm sitting there studying with blood draining off of me. Why? Because it's not convenient. It's inconvenient. Is anybody listening to me? It's a high and holy place. God, is anybody in this place? Why ain't y'all lapping the building by now? I can't hardly stand it. Do what? Say it loud. What's it say? say it loud Tammy if god's people would do three things god would, would respond in three ways the lord's people need to be humble confess repent you see the prerequisites there, there, there's always prerequisites for seeing the glory of God. It's the same way to hear our prayers answered. He said, My heart only dwells in that place where I see blood. I'm going to head to some are y'all, Are y'all copying me on that? Are you tracking with me on that situation, uh, that statement? So to, to sacrifice means to, to make sacred. Can I tell you, as spiritual as prayer is, not all prayer is sacred. It's made sacred when I put blood on it. Yeah, yeah, not when, uh, you know what, God, uh, I'm, I'm gonna pray all the way to work, amen? So in other words, I'm bringing an exalted place of prayer down to menial things that are common, I'm not against you praying all the way to work. I'm just saying, I come to teach you tonight. If you want to hear God call you by name and you want God to see, it's amen. It's when you set that alarm clock and say, oh, I got to drive to work at six. So I'm going to get up at five so I can go to my Mount Moriah, amen, so God can see some blood. Is there anybody can relate to my teaching tonight? Amen? But no, it's all—it's uh, not all, but a lot of times our devotion is at our convenience. And God said, when I see the blood, then I'll overshadow you. That's the principle in Exodus. Amen? When I see something has given its life, then I'll pass over you. I'm going to overshadow you. And what happens when God overshadows you? I've seen him overshadow Mary in the Genesis of the New Testament, and she become pregnant with something holy from God. Oh, my God, it's too much tonight. Are you listening to me? Because it's always about our convenience. Am I the only one convicted? I heard Tammy say condemnation. I mean, uh, Randy shoot out condemnation, but I want to Oh, okay. I, I want it to be conviction that's coming into me. Are you listening to me? Amen. That that my worship is governed by my feelings, my emotions, or my schedule. I'm going to say it again, that my worship, and worship is not standing up here singing three songs before. My, it's my devotion to God. is governed by how I feel, how I think, or if my schedule will allow it. And God said, it's a Genesis principle. My house, the one that my eye is there, my ear is there, my heart is there, it's a heart of sacrifice. Why? Because you had to make a judgment. What's more important to me? My prayer time with God or my Facebook? or whatever, my TV. (laughs) Huh? Can we go deeper? Are y'all keeping up with all this? So when I add sacrifice to things, when I add blood to it, the common becomes uncommon. The natural becomes supernatural. I challenge you, if you're as hungry as I am, change up something in your prayer time. Amen. Change it to where it is a sacrifice. Quit praying when it's just convenient. Amen. Quit, quit. Listen to this. Write this down. Hebrews eleven four. and 4. Are y'all okay tonight? <coughs> I should have preached this Sunday. Hebrews 11 and 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God, what? A more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Listen, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, he's still speaking. Abel is still preaching a message to us. God wants blood. God wants blood. Abel is still preaching, amen, that your superficial works of your hands and religiosity is not what pleases God. Abel is still preaching God is looking for something that gave up its life and blood was shed. That's the sacrifice God is pleased with. Y'all looking at me like I have went off the deep end. Here's one for you. Let's bring sacrifice out of the old into the new. Here's one for you that don't make a lick of sense unless you understand what I'm teaching. Hebrews 13, 15. (laughs) Write that down. Y'all write while I get a drink. Hebrews 13, 15. Y'all listen to this scripture. By him, therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Does that take it to a whole new level? Amen. Praise don't move God when everything's going my way. ain't no blood on that. That's not inconvenient. He said, so let's offer up a sacrifice of praise. You know what makes praise sacred? It's when you're going through hell and you've got blood all over it. It's costing you to give God glory. It's costing you, amen. You're, you're having to lay doubt on the altar and run a knife through it just to say God is... Oh, my God, that worked. Amen. You're, you're having to, to lay complacency on the altar and run a knife through it. That's the sacrifice of praise. It ain't when they hit notes on a piano and our hands is in the air. No, sir. It's when all hell has come against me and I, and God said, I'm just looking for blood. I'm just looking for blood. He has so convicted me, Randy, over this convenient devotion of mine, Amen. Here's another one for y'all. What are we gonna do with this? In New Testament Romans twelve and one, can anybody quote that one? Romans twelve and one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you somebody talk to me, that you present your uh what. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He said, I'm beseeching you based on how good God's been to you. How good's God been to me? Well, he sent his only begotten son and died on a old rugged cross to deliver my soul from an eternity of hell and separation from God. Based on those mercies, sacrifice should be the natural response of your honor. Wow. Now you can't call extra meetings. You can't demand anything from leaders. Can I just be real? You can't demand anything from a body. Who do you think you are? You ain't my daddy. Are you listening to me? Amen. And he's saying here, sacrifice ought to be the natural response to how good God's been to you. Huh? Amen. It ain't ought to be, God, am I going to go or not going to go? God, am I going to pray or not going to pray? God, am I going to be alive or not going to be alive? It ought to be, I beseech you, brethren, based on the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. In other words, the only thing that makes sacrifice acceptable is that my realization of the mercy of God in my life. Maybe that's the problem. Oh, oh, that's it. We forgot. We forgot how merciful He was to us when you was a yeah, yeah, you forgot how merciful God was when I was a drunk, when I, are you listening to me? I forgot that when nobody else came into the beer joint, God did and said, "You don't belong in here, son, go home." Oh, we somebody shout with me in this place tonight. Maybe the reason sacrifice has become unreasonable because we forgot how much He paid. And that when we didn't deserve it, Jody, he was merciful. You're driving around in that van with flowers painted on the side, or whatever that testimony was, it was awesome. Lost. Lost. Bound. I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, present your body. And what makes praise, prayer, and worship sacred, you hear me, is the sacrificial blood of inconvenience. Somebody ought to write that down. What makes praise, what makes prayer What makes worship sacred is the sacrificial blood of inconvenience. I dare say you can't preach this message in churches across our nation now because it's about making everything easier. Here's your little devotional. Here's your little prayer. Just read this prayer. Amen. We're going we're gonna to prepare your bottles for you. Amen. Are you listening to me? We, we've moved into an era. Amen. Where all of our revelation is regurgitated, regurgitated truth from someone else who went to the mountain. Can I, to, can I tell you that's Old Testament? They said, Moses, you go hear from God. Amen. That's Old Testament. Amen. Amen. Now God has made a way for us to climb that mountain but we got to have wood in one hand and a knife in the other. Is anybody listening to me? Worship team Sunday morning, I want y'all to have wood in one hand and a knife in the other and say, y'all, this is what worship looks like and I'm going to lay my pride on the altar. I'm going to lay what you think about me on the altar and I'm going to kill it because God is worthy. God said, oh my God, this is the place I hear from. He said, this is the place I hear prayers coming from. This is the place my heart is and my ear is and my eye is at this place right here. It's a place of sacrifice. And we're being robbed by devotional convenience. No wonder God couldn't stand it. When Paul and Silas was in the inner prison and began to sing praises unto God, God just began to tremble. I mean God was so he was just shaking he had the Holy Ghost shakes and when he began to shake the earth began to shake and the prison why amen this was Mount Moriah worship that's what we'll title this Mount Moriah worship amen this was high worship that required they lay their feelings their emotions and their will on the sacrificial altar of true devotion can I help you right now? This ain't about condemnation. This is about conviction. If you analyze your devotion based on what I'm teaching, how much of it has blood on it? If it don't have blood on it, it's, it's all common. Any sinner could do the same thing. How much of our devotion has got the blood of sacrifice running down it? That's the only devotion God hears. Does that make sense? It's, it's the only. It's the only devotion. This Mount Moriah worship. It's high worship. Maybe that's what Psalms 149.6 means. Write that down. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. Maybe the sword ain't to kill the enemy. it's to kill me, my will. We don't know how many times, I got seven minutes. When God sees the sacrificial blood on your wheel, on your pride, on your schedule, when he sees it running down the mount of Yahweh, he appears. Remember that? Mount Moriah? It also means he appears. That's why God is omnipresent, but never appears in a lot of places. Appears means reveals himself. He's here. He's here. He's everywhere at the same time. But he only appears with knife in one hand and my wheel laying at the altar and me willing to take it out because of my love for God. All of a sudden, Mount Moriah, God appears. And he sees. And yes, I could teach another lesson on uh, God sees to it which is where you get your translation, God will provide. But we've been so stuck on God will provide, we forgot to teach. It was after I tied my Isaac to an altar. Yeah. He's looking. It's my only, it's my only barometer of devotion. It's love. It's love. When I married her, she totally lost her... She was willing to give up her whole name and her identity to be lost in love. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? But Wasn't a big stretch for her. You understand what I'm saying? That's what it is. We're the bride. We're willing to give up my identity to take on. Now she's Patty Love. Are you listening to me? The blood turns the common into the uncommon. Now what I meant by that statement, I'll just close out with that. Have you ever noticed where the gospel is such a bloody gospel? (laughs) The Old Testament is bloody. The altars were bloody and I never could wrap my mind around it until I understood greater love hath no man than this, than shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Because what we smell as burning, stinking flesh, your Bible says to God, it is a sweet-smelling savor. In other words, it smells like love. Wow. You're burning flesh. You're dying, decaying flesh. Smells like love to God. She was willing to give it up. He was willing to give up his self. He was willing to deny himself and follow. Do y'all spirit? Do y'all feel a spirit of conviction, or is it just me? I got. We got to take a little time to pray. Can I tell you? I have learned by statements out of my own mouth and listening to people talk that tells me they're going to pray about something. They talk to me long enough to already tell me what they think about the situation. When you tell me that, I know for a fact when you go into prayer, you're going to pray that wheel. It's, it's just a given. You done not tell me you don't like this situation because this, this, and this. I already know. There's no sense in me asking you to pray because you're going to come in there and instead of killing that, to find out what God's saying, we pray our will. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you relate to that? Anybody else ever done that? Yes. We do it. We don't even realize God can't hear that kind of prayer. He only hears when I stab the knife through what I think about the situation, my preconceived ideas, my likes and dislikes. And when I raise the knife to kill it, he says, "Jennifer, look. Look, it's right there. There's the answer right there. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Do you you want me to pray over us? E double shut. Just just bow your head. Close your eyes. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care." Just, just whatever you're comfortable is what I meant by that. Come on, I need somebody. I need you to seal this word with prayer. I need you to seal this word with prayer. I can't even tell you. I know what I'm doing. God, deliver me of devotional convenience. You know why fasting is so powerful? It's because it's so inconvenient. Blood runs when I fast. Come on. I need you to pray if you're convicted in repentance and then we're going to pray for Life Church. Father, forgive me. Forgive me, oh Lord God, for my convenient Christianity. I'm so lazy. Come on now. I'm just praying out loud. I'm so lazy. I want somebody else to find my revelation. I want somebody else to get the word for me for today. And I'll say my little prayer running down the world. I want I want a secret place. I want my own high place. Somebody help me pray. I want my Mariah. I want to name my mountain Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has seen it. Come on, just a few minutes of prayer. I got one more minute and then we're going to pray over Life. Church. Let it begin with this little Bible class right here. My God, somebody ought to pray. I owe it. I owe it. The preacher's not demanding anything from me. I owe it. I owe more. I owe everything. I owe my only son. I owe the I owe it to you, Lord. I owe it to you. Why? Because you gave your son. Oh my God, this is killing me. This is killing me. Oh God, Josh, you getting this recorded? Oh my God. Well, God, we gotta hold on to this word, life church. Now I need you to help me pray for just one minute or so for life church. You said, in this place, I'm gonna hear prayers. I'll stop the pestilence. Coronavirus is get, get, it's, 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 it's gaining. It's gaining, it's gaining. Do not fear. He said, He said, if you'll create the right house, you'll pray over diseases and I'll step them out. Amen. He said, My ears shall be attentive to the prayer made in this place. What place? The place of sacrifice, the place of inconvenience. Now, help me pray over Life Church. Father, make this church a place where your eye is, your ears are, your heart is, oh Lord God Almighty. Make Life Church a place, uh, oh Father, where you're there perten- uh, perpetually. He said, I'll put my name there. I'll sign Life Church, I'll endorse the church. Oh my God, deliver us of our convenience, our spirit of convenience, oh God. There's repentance in this house, I feel it. There's repentance. I prophesy over you as your spiritual father for you that make it up this mountain. You're about to hear God call you by name. You're about to hear God call you by name and open up a new realm of Revelation saying, Look, look, Abraham, what I provided. What I provided. Look what I provided, Abraham. I didn't want you to do it from the beginning. I just wanted you willing to do it. Shut up, dun, dun, come on, this is our prayer time together. My God, I want a Mount Moriah experience. I want a Mount Moriah experience. My God, my prayer, my prayer life, my devotional life is I'm I'm, I'm scaling the mountain of Moriah. I got wood in one hand. I got my knife in the other. And it's sure inconvenient to try to worship with a knife in one hand. Wood in the other. My God, church, do y'all feel what I feel? There's something moving through this sanctuary. Come on. Come on. You gotta embrace the moment. We'll never have this moment again. You gotta embrace the moment. Embrace the moment tonight. You're mixing faith with the words you just heard taught. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.